The Hustler began life in the 1940s when aspiring writer Walter Tevis was hanging around the pool halls of Lexington, Kentucky. Tevis was in university at the time, officially studying literature, but spending most of his days studying the men who eked out a living from playing pool. Inspired, Tevis wrote a stage play called Corner Pocket, but it wasn't produced, so he tried it as a short story, The Big Hustle. That was published in Collier's magazine in 1955, and some four years later, Tevis expanded the short story into a novel. You're, uh, you're Minnesota Fats, aren't you? You know, uh, they say Minnesota Fats is the best in the country out where I come from. Is that a fact? Yes, sir, boy. They, <laughs> they say that old Fats just shoots the eyes right off them balls. <laughs> where do you come from? California, Oakland. California? Is your name Felson? Eddie Felson? That's right. I hear you've been looking for me. Yeah, that's right, too. Big John, do you think this boy is a hustler? Tevis's novel didn't sell well, but when filmmaker Robert Rawson read it, he immediately saw its potential. You see, to Rawson, The Hustler would be more than just a movie. It would afford him the chance of a personal redemption. You know, I got a hunch, fat man. I got a hunch it's me from here on One ball, corner pocket. I mean, that ever happened to you? All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss? Because I dreamed about this game, fat man. I dreamed about this game every night on the road. In 1949, Rawson had received two Oscar nominations for adapting and directing Robert Penn Warren's novel, All the King's Men, with the film itself winning Best Picture. But the success soon faded, and the years after were not good for Rawson. In 1951, the House Un-American Activities Committee was investigating communist influence in Hollywood, and Rawson was summoned to give evidence. Rawson had been a member of the Communist Party in the 30s, and when he refused to give the names of other party members, the studios blacklisted him. For the next few years, he couldn't get any work, and his passport was taken away from him. He began drinking heavily, and that brought about diabetes. A near-broken man, Rawson then went against his conscience and went back to the hearings and named names. 57 in all. It lost Rawson his friends, but it got him work even if what he made was junk. Then came Tevis's novel. The minute he read it, Rawson saw a chance to depict the compromise, defeats and tragedies that had marked his career for almost a decade. Which is ironic, because the novel itself lacks integrity. Things happen in it because Tevis wants his hero to succeed, and so it fails due to its contrivances. But what Rawson did was layer the adaptation with a sense of guilt for his having cooperated with the HUAC, and what we now have is a character study of a man who fools himself. He is great. Jeez, that old fat man. Look at the way he moves like a dancer. Twelve, cross-eyed. And those fingers, them chubby fingers. That stroke. He's like he's, uh, like he's playing a violin or something. Paul Newman's Fast Eddie Felson pitted him against Jackie Gleason's Minnesota Fats. Gleason was known until then for his enormously popular TV show, The Honeymooners, and I can only imagine what it must have been like to see him transform from Ralph Cramden, a get-rich schemer, into Minnesota Fats, an ageing and saddened poolmaster. In the hands of another storyteller, Minnesota Fats would have become a mentor to Fast Eddie, but he doesn't. It's Bert Gordon, played by George C. Scott. Only the twist here is that Gordon turns out to be Eddie's enemy. Oh, you better... You tell your boys... They better kill me, Bert. They better go all the way with me. Because if they just bust me up, put all those pieces back together again, and then so help me. 
So help me God, Bert. I'm going to come back here and I'm going to kill you. In that way, The Hustler comes to be about more than just success and failure. It's about self-deception and the struggle to find the character to overcome yourself. And let's face it, that's the biggest victory any of us can ever have because it liberates us from doubt and fear. Bert Gordon has neither doubts nor fears. He got rid of them a long time ago by boasting about his achievements. But they aren't achievements. They're only desires, and those desires are only sated by the likes of Eddie Felsen, who believe Bert can help him fulfil his own ambition. You see that big car parked out by the fire plug anyway? Well, that's mine. I like that car. But I get a new one every year because I make it my business to know what guys like you and Minnesota Fats are going to do. I made enough off you the other night to pay for it twice over. Well, in that case, show me another drink. Yeah. Eddie? Is it all right if I get personal? What have you been so far? Eddie, you're a born loser. Bert Gordon is a monster, a streetwise, cold-blooded parasite who feeds off everything around him. His capitalism is venal, and in his universe, anything is permissible so long as it brings a profit. In fact, that last exchange reminds me of something written by David Mamet some 31 years later. You see this watch? Yeah. That watch costs more than your car. I made $970,000 last year. How much you make? You see, pal, that's who I am, and you're nothing. Nice guy? I don't give a shit. Good father? Fuck you. Go home and play with your kids. You want to work here? Close! That's Alec Baldwin's great cameo in Glengarry Glen Ross. Newman, Gleason, and Scott were all nominated for Oscars, as was Piper Laurie for her portrayal of Sarah Packard, the film's only female character. Laurie is strong, but her character is poorly drawn, bordering at times on the obvious. We meet her first in the bus depot because her life lacks direction. And then, because she's an emotional cripple, we see she has a limp. Later on, Eddie has his thumbs broken, but he survives and recovers. By contrast, Sarah doesn't, because by then we realise she is only a metaphor for defeat. She is only in the story so Eddie can learn something about himself. Sarah, you think I'm a loser? A loser? Yeah. I met this guy, Gordon, Bert Gordon. He said I was a born loser. Would he know? He knows a lot. Why did he tell you? I don't know. I'm not sure. So there are people who, uh, who want to lose. We're always looking for an excuse to lose. What does he do, this Bert Gordon? He's a gambler. Is he a winner? Well, he owns things. Is that what makes a winner? Well, what else does? But at least Eddie learns, because that is the point of defeat. It teaches us more than victory. The Hustler was nominated for 10 Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director and Best Screenplay. It won two and is available on DVD.